what's up, Crypt Nation? Bryce Paul and the Notorious Pizza Mind coming at you per usual from the sunny and 70 San Diego. All right, so if you haven't heard yet, Pete's and I just finished writing a 290-page book called Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. And we did this so that anyone anywhere in the world can learn about really how cryptocurrency and blockchain technology are putting the power back in the hands of the people. And really, we wrote this to equip the masses with the tools to profit from this revolution. So whether you invest in crypto or something else, the point is that you need to escape inflation, which is a hidden tax on your savings by investing in your future. And we think that crypto is really the hottest market, which has the most upside potential. And we are so confident that Crypto Revolution is the perfect starting point, whether you're the crypto curious or the seasoned investor just looking to learn about the world's newest asset class. All right. The best part is we're giving it away literally for free. Okay? For free. All we ask is you pay for shipping uh, just to help offset the cost of the book. We're literally making zero dollars on this and are just doing it to give back to our amazing community of listeners. All right. So go to CryptoRevolution.com today and get your free copy. What's up, Crypt Nation? This is Pizza Mind here. Bryce is letting me go first today. Uh, Bryce, how you doing, man? <laughs> I am. I uh, I graciously am uh, giving you the the talking stick first. Um, but yeah, super excited. We were, we're joined by a, a gentleman and a scholar, Alex Saunders, the CEO and founder of Nuggets News, which is Australia's biggest biggest crypto news source. Uh, Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Looking forward to getting into everything today. Yeah, you know, with every dark night, there is a new dawn. And uh, the dark night was me getting scammed out of a ton of money. But uh, the dawn was I happened to run into you as you were doing coverage of it. And I said, hey, I know who this guy is. You know, it'd be really cool if I got a chance to talk with him more in depth about some good things going on. In crypto in the world and you were gracious enough to take me up on uh, that invitation so welcome to crypto 101 our listeners are known as crypt nation and they are good citizens indeed and but they're not very technical a lot of them you know might be just getting into crypto and blockchain so we really need our guests to keep things at a high level and uh, you're so good at that on your channel you have over sixty thousand subscribers already so uh, at the conclusion of this podcast, you guys definitely need to go check out Nuggets News on YouTube and listen to all the wonderful insight that Alex has been delivering to the space uh, for several years now, almost going on three years. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, publicly. Um, in a bit of a closed source, we've been doing this since 2012. Wow. Okay. So how did you get into crypto and why did you decide to start Nuggets News? So my story starts uh, back around university. So I was uh, studying pharmacy and I'm still a qualified pharmacist, but my parents gave me some shares for my 21st birthday, which happened to be in uh, 2008, which most of your viewers know is the financial crisis. So that little portfolio lost half its value and my parents lost half of their value of their retirement fund. And I, I sort of said to them, is this how the world of investing works? We pay someone to lose half our money. I reckon I can do a better job than that. So I wanted to learn about shares and that really took me down the rabbit hole because I had a good love of science and, and maths already. And I just love the way that investing worked and options and all the derivatives markets. Uh, so yeah, I became a bit of a gold bug once you learn how banks, debt and money works. Uh, I definitely think, I'm sure we'll get into it, that there's, um, there's something big that is coming. 
Uh, so I, I became, yeah, gold and silver, all those documentaries. There's some wonderful education out there on YouTube and whatnot. And that led me to Bitcoin in 2012 on Zero Hedge. There was an article and I think there was only one video on YouTube at the time about what is Bitcoin. And I must have watched that over and over again and just it just clicked with me straight away that everything else we had was digital and instant. You know, we had smartphones, uh, but you could you couldn't send money to other people. And I'd traveled a lot and I'd had that issue of when you want to send $200 uh, to England, for example. Uh, I lived there for a year to play cricket. And it used to cost you $50 to send $200. And then the exchange rate that'd give you, that would rip off another 10%. So all this stuff just made sense to me. And I just knew it was a matter of time. And then in 2013, we had that first big run up to $1,000 and it crashed. And I was never one of the people that got scared by crashes. Maybe it was because of the financial crisis, but I always wanted to buy the dip. So obviously that all worked out really well. And then in 2017, all my friends and family, I had about 30 people uh, at that stage that were following us. And um, they started adding me to all these Facebook groups and Twitter conversations about Bitcoin and crypto that were popping up. And that's when I started making videos. And every day I'd just get more and more questions and comments. And so then I'd end up doing a video every day, just about for nearly three years. And um, we have like premium and paid services we do as well for extra education for those people that want extra content. That's awesome. And it's a really good story. And I think a lot of people have come into crypto kind of the same way, you know, got burned through the financial crisis or, you know, they they saw all this quantitative easing and money printing and high inflation rates and all this kind of stuff. And they were like, there's got to be another system. Um, so I, I think that that story probably resonates with a lot of a uh, lot of Crip Nation here. But, you know, kind of taking a step back, I mean, you keep a sharp eye on a lot of different areas, uh, whether it's market movements or, you know, regulations, different coins coming out. So is there one thing that excites you currently in this current market about crypto just that excites you more than anything else? Uh, for sure. So one of the angles that we went for, well, actually, I've never really told many people about this before. So before Nuggets News, it was called World News. And the focus was always macroeconomics and finance and everything that was going on, as you said, with QE and negative interest rates. It just started a few years ago. And people were just thought this was the most boring stuff ever. And I'd never liked economics. I'd never even studied it in high school. But I'd really got into Austrian economics and how this all works. And I think that is still the most exciting thing in crypto. And at the moment, we're going through another lull. And, and this rally that we had during the middle of the year I could maybe go into that a bit later about why I think it went so high so fast. Yeah, please do. But do you want me to go into that now? Yep. Okay. So I think at the time, we're in a bear market, which is becoming more and more similar to 2014, 2015, because the duration and everything that's happened. And there was so many shorts and so much leverage trading and a lot of the other volume had been taken out of the market. And a lot of people tried to, to short at, uh, six, at 6K because everyone thought that was going to be big resistance. And I did a video at the time saying the number of shorts is going really high here and all we have to do is get some whales to push us through there and there's going to be a big short squeeze. And next thing you know, that squeezed us all the way to 10K. And again, we had more people jump in and try and short the market just thinking there's no way Bitcoin can go this high. This is unnatural. And all of a sudden, we've squeezed all the way to 14,000 because at that stage, FOMO kicks in. Everyone's thinking, oh, the bear market's over. I've got to get in. The next, you know, the next cycle is going to 100,000. And now that's just kind of all unwinding again. So, look, I don't, 
necessarily think we're going back to 3K, but maybe down to five or six. But in the grand scheme of things, that's all still super healthy. It's still an upwards trajectory coming out of a, uh, a longer bear market. But getting back to your original question, the most exciting thing, what's happening like globally in the macro sense at the moment is that central banks promised everyone that QE and all this stuff was temporary, the money printing, the negative interest rates, the market believed them. And then the Fed had to do a huge U-turn at the end of last year when stock markets crashed. And now since they've pulled that extra money out of the system, you've probably read these headlines about the repo markets. And again, that's pretty complicated stuff. But all it means is there's not enough money there to satisfy what the banks need to shore up their books overnight. And a lot of the banks and pension funds have got all their money now trying to get yields and returns and they're buying up lots of bonds and there's not a lot of cash and there's not enough US dollars um, in that system. So we we had a little bit of a scare in September, but I think there's a bigger scare coming uh, at the end of this month and there's been some good write-ups about that recently. And just last night, I think uh, Chairman Powell said that he's open to maybe buying more types of bonds. And this is basically almost guaranteeing that they're about to start QE4. And so with, with the unwind we've seen in the Bitcoin price, gold and silver had a great run and now that's been unwinding again. I think the market and everyone around the world is just sort of pausing and saying, well, what comes next? Because if we're going deeper into negative interest rates and the money printing cycle is about to start again and it never even really finished in some countries... That stuff, as they say, it, I just think it's going to be rocket fuel for, for Bitcoin and gold and silver. Yeah, we just saw a report uh, the other day, and you know we're dating this episode by mentioning it, but a Deutsche Bank mentioned just how fragile the current fiat system is and that it could see potentially a digital asset, you know, basically a takeover of central bank digital assets uh, by 2030. What do you think about that? And what are some of the fallouts and potential cataclysmic fallouts worldwide before that happens. Oh, yeah, it's just so interesting because these sort of conspiracy theories, you can call them, have been around for years about how the dollar is going to crash. And at the moment with everything happening, the US dollar is kind of, I think it's the cleanest dirty shirt in the laundry and everyone's going to need US dollars to pay down their debt before the US dollar unwinds because of all the debt that it has itself. But when you look at what's happening, like these ex-Federal Reserve chairmen are coming out and saying, you know, buy gold. And Janet Yellen says there's not going to be a crisis in our lifetime. And a year later, she's talking about the next recession. We see Bank of England, Mark Carney, saying the US dollar has too many privileges as the world reserve currency. We need a new digital system. As you said, Deutsche Bank, uh, Credit Suisse, the IMF, all these guys are coming out and like talking in this language where something's going to change or the central banks are buying gold at the same time or trying to redeem their gold from overseas. like Something big is brewing. And, and these are normally the people that have to uh, portray confidence. They literally say that one of their um, tools is uh, forward guidance, they call it, but it's basically just talking and saying that everything's going to be good because if they say everything's going to be bad, that's a self-perpetuating cycle and bad sentiment and, and that's not what they want. So I definitely think it's uh, there's so many cards that are telling that something is coming. And do you also look at the inverted yield curve as well as like kind of a telltale sign that you know a recession could be impending? And then kind of a follow-up to that, 
is a downward move in global equities net positive for a currency like Bitcoin or for an asset like Bitcoin? Um, I think the yield curve inversion is maybe less relevant than it's been in the past because interest rates were so low for so long. So if interest rates are at 5% or 7% and then you get the yield curve invert, it's a little bit different to what we've had lately where interest rates have been you know, 2%, 3% and then it inverts. So yeah, I, th- I still think it's significant but maybe slightly different um, to, to previous recessions. The US is chugging along a lot better than a lot of other countries. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what's what's going to happen but I think People are waiting to see if they're going to print more money because at the moment, the stock market is detached from the real economy. And there's places like Australia is in a retail recession. And if we didn't have high immigration rates, the real economy would be in recession. But our stock market is about to break out to record highs. And I think it will because they're talking about starting QE and money printing in Australia for the first time. So when you look at what's happening around the world, the US is the same story. It's all widening inequality because all that money is just pumping up asset prices, particularly the stock market, you know, real estate bonds. So I don't necessarily think we're going to have a crash if they keep just flooding more and more money into the system. And if we did have a crash, I think Bitcoin would probably sell off just like gold sold off initially. But once the dust settles, then obviously people go, well, what are they going to do? And again, they're going to do what they've always done, print money and lower interest rates. And that's when everyone's going to rush into to gold and Bitcoin. Yeah, I actually tend to agree with that. Even though they say that you know Bitcoin is uncorrelated with equities, it, it seems that in a risk-off market, you know, you're not going to go to a risky asset like Bitcoin. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I could be wrong and it all depends on the nature of how it plays out because nobody likes being scared. And as you said, if there's anything that's unknown, they're not going to rush into that um, asset that they don't know how it's going to perform. But if this kind of unwinds slowly and there's more and more talk of the money printing and it's all kind of very clear where this is going to go, then maybe people do start to trickle into Bitcoin and then the traders go, okay, bear market two years, we've all been shorting. Um, they all start to flip positive and start to push it up and they can create the narrative that Bitcoin is the asset that people go to when this happens. So, so maybe it does go up. Um, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not too fussed. That's why you huddle long term. Yeah, exactly. No, that's actually a great point. I mean, since the markets are so illiquid and easy to manipulate, um, you know, it, it's, it's very thinkable that the, the trends could or the tides could shift. Um, Absolutely. But I mean, I, I guess kind of moving on from Bitcoin, a little bit more towards just blockchain in general. I mean, there's so many great use cases of blockchain, but they don't really require sometimes a cryptocurrency or utility token to be attached to them. So what is your view on like the macro view of altcoins? Do you think that there's a future for most of these things? And, you know, are there one or two altcoins that maybe you think do have a future? Uh, So my message from the start has always been that I think 99 or 99.9% of these are going to fail. And at the moment, there's probably 10,000 different cryptos or smart contracts or just blockchains. So that still leaves you with, you know, 100 or more good projects. So that's what we try and do. And personally, I own about 30. And that's very, very small percentages. I've got most of my portfolio uh, in Bitcoin and a fair bit in Ethereum as well. So 
I've always believed that the projects that are going to succeed are the ones that actually need to be decentralised and they need censorship resistance and the long list of things that comes with a blockchain. So we, we've always tended towards those. And what happened in 2017 and 18 is the projects that performed the best were the ones that got the most hype and were on the best exchanges. But they're all down 99% now because that just doesn't really have any drivers yet. And what we're starting to see is something like DeFi. Now, that wasn't even a word when we were covering projects like Synthetics, Maker, ZeroX, all these DeFi projects, Kyber, that people are now loving and they've been the best performers because they needed to be centralised. They had good teams, they had good tech, they didn't really spend money on marketing or getting listed on good exchanges. And that's all coming to the forefront. And you can see it in the real stats about the amount of ETH that's locked up in these and who's using them. And remember, this is all in a bear market. And this is all every day we break a new record for the amount of users and ETH happening in all these little projects. So other things I like, again, um, like Golem, uh, decentralized computing power, decentralized file storage, anything that actually needs to be decentralized. And a lot of these projects have been around for three or four years, quietly in the background, and now they're getting recognized. Uh, Decentralized insurance, uh, Nexus Mutual was a project we had on the podcast last week. A lot of people don't want to put their money in DeFi because they're worried about the smart contract risk. So now you can actually get that insured. So all it's, it's the Lego that they call it. And this is all happening on Ethereum. So they're the sort of things that, that really excite me. But um, I'm definitely not a maximalist. I don't know how anyone can argue that there's not hundreds of projects and thousands of the best developers around the world working on other things that aren't Bitcoin. So if you're a maximalist, you're basically saying that you're smarter than these tens of thousands of developers around the world. Do you have a friend who's interested in getting into cryptocurrency, but they don't know where to start building their portfolio? Well, we have the answer. It's called CopyTrader by eToro. With CopyTrader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders, just like myself or Bryce or Kevin, at the exact price point and in real time. No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Simply just sign up and copy our trades. Any profits that we make, you do too. Proportional to your investment, of course. With eToro, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees all in one easy-to-use app. Copy the smart money with eToro. Join now at eToro.com slash crypto101. Thank you. Uh, listening to some of them talk, I know they would definitely like. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock a 2K camera, and a doorbell all-in-one. That's right, three-in-one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup requirement 
recordings. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one with the three-in-one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. To think that they are. But, you know, mm. whatever creates talking points and more clarity, some people believe that uh, all publicity is good publicity. I don't think we necessarily <laughs> believe that over here, though. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, without immigration, there would be a recession in Australia right now. But what's the legal climate like for crypto? Is it growing? Is it is, is there clarity in Australia? What's the state of crypto in the land down under? Yeah, so it's been pretty widely used actually for a number of years now, well ahead of the US. Now, in bear markets, nobody really likes to spend their crypto, as you know. But in uh, 2013 or 14, there was a website popped up called Living Room of Satoshi, and you could pay any bill in Australia uh, with Bitcoin, and they've added about a dozen other coins now. But, you know, transfer to someone else's bank, uh, pay your dentist bill, pay your power bill, pay your credit card off. And, you know, and that was just fantastic. And I think they won Best Startup Business in Australia the following year. So along with that and, the uh, you know, when there's like a bit of a middleman, so there's lots of cards where you can spend your crypto, but there's a company in the middle. Well, now we've gone a step further where Traveled by Bit, you might have heard of them, Binance invested in them. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, so we rolled out Brisbane Airport. So every shop at Brisbane Airport now accepts crypto directly. So there's no middleman as in a card or a website or a processor. These merchants, and there's about 300 of them Australia-wide now that are directly accepting crypto. And they've all That's actually incredible. got the Lightning Network Lightning network up and running. Travel by Bit are really trying to push this tourism narrative hard. So if you guys want to come to Australia, you can ring them up and pay for your flights, accommodation, you tour at the Great Barrier Reef, you know, pay for that all with Bitcoin and they'll do it all for you. 
That's unbelievable. So it sounds like Australia might be uh, the next leader of the free world because here in the United States, <laughs> we we try and go forward and just run into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And there's, there's no, there's seemingly no end in sight. If you use the congressional hearings with Mark Zuckerberg as any kind of way to gauge the level of progress in the United States, I don't think even 10% of our senators have taken the time to know what Bitcoin or cryptocurrency is yet. They're just too absorbed in their own agendas, unfortunately. Yeah, well, that's probably the positive side of things. If we want to get to the negative, I think um, around security tokens, for example, they're treating those the same as any securities. So there's good regulation and framework there if you want to stick to it. Where it gets a bit grey is around the ICOs and what's a utility token, what's a non-fungible token. These are the things that, again, I've worked with the regulators a bit and it's still a little bit murky. In terms of just a currency, there's some pretty good laws and it's pretty clear around those ones as well. Um, But at the moment, as we speak, I was just listening to their Senate inquiry you guys just mentioned the one with Mark Zuckerberg. And because in Australia, they're proposing this $10,000 cash ban and they, they want to apply it to crypto as well. So I don't know how you can possibly apply it to crypto. But anyway, what but with all the negative interest rates that I think are coming to Australia, you've seen the banks in the news, the Royal Commission and all the scandals going on there. It's just crazy to me that there's going to be more laws to force people to use banks who are the bad guys who are going to overcharge people with fees. The crime rates have been decreasing. There's no evidence to say that the black market's out of control. All the gam- all the uh, money laundering that's been in the news has happened through our casinos. So, again, it's the banks and the casinos. These are the guys that they're not targeting. They're picking on the little guys. They're saying that hairdressers and tradesmen and, you know, crypto enthusiasts are the ones that need to be cracked down on. And they're already talking about dropping that from $10,000 down to $2,000. So, you know, my grandparents only use cash. And I don't know, it really frustrates me where this is all going. And the narrative that they present is so far from the truth. It's just crazy. Seems like uh, we have a lot in common still. I'm trying to come mm. up with a crazy conspiracy theory as to what the overall goal is for negative interest rates and having so many currencies collapse. You know, why is the system so broken? Why are these people that are supposed to say everything's fine now finally admitting everything's not fine? And what is going to come out of this? You know, are they going to let society plunge into chaos before saving us with some incredibly draconian system that plunges the rest of the world into something that looks like communist China, even though they still call it democracy and freedom? I really wonder. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Yesterday, Australia got downgraded for the first time um, in terms of their civil liberties. There's, I think there's a is it the United Nations or, or some global group that puts out this. And uh, yeah, Australia is now losing its civil freedoms. We have cameras that are monitoring us in the cities. They're trialling some of this stuff that happens in China. Uh, in Australia, they've got that encryption ban where they're trying to make it illegal to encrypt things and they want companies to give the government back doors if they ask. So, yeah, I, I would have, I would never have thought this would have happened a few years ago and for the first time ever I'm probably thinking about the future possibly living outside of Australia. I mean, I'm down in Tasmania, a bit out of, out of the way, but I really wouldn't love to be in the position that a lot of people are in these days in these countries and the inequality widens and that just 
again, it takes away your freedom. You can't afford to move away. So it does, uh, does worry me where this is all going. I don't think we're going to have a collapse like a Mad Max-style uh, scenario. The government would just step in and just buy all these assets and print all this money before they'd rather let it collapse. That's kind of what they're doing in Australia for the housing market at the moment because the alternative is just... Um, you know that's so much worse for them if that if that happens if we have that complete uh, collapse. So I think for the first time ever, people are pushing back. That's what we see with these populist movements, yellow vests. Geez, the list of countries where we've seen this is half a dozen now. And last night in Sydney, we had twenty thousand plus people protest because we've got these really bad bushfires uh, in Australia. And the prime minister and our leaders are basically saying. They don't believe anything to do with climate change. They don't believe that any of this is their fault. There's nothing they could do to change it. They're not even willing to give more money to the fireys that need it. And people are just so angry at our leaders at the moment. They feel like they're not being listened to in in all these countries. And the social media, um, people have got a voice now. And I think these movements are, are really starting to grow. And that's maybe one thing politicians didn't see coming. We've talked to some other guests on the podcast recently about the potential future of digital nation states, where you might be a citizen of Ethereum or a citizen of Crypto.com, where there's no real need for these borders and a potential uprising against these failing legacy systems and government models could potentially lead to um, you know, these blockchain projects having more influence over our lives than we ever thought they could, but in a good way between decentralized governance and uh, deploying something like that on a massive scale with like Libra is trying to do, I think it really opened all of our eyes that, you know, maybe the biggest use case in crypto, that killer use case that we're all looking for and wondering about could be the actual freedom of humanity itself, not just our finances. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree to some degree. I know like Vitalik uh, Bruderin is a, a massive libertarian but you've got to then ask, well, who pays for the schools and the roads and the hospitals? So what is the tax system going to look like? Does it change to some universal basic income and you pay maybe just a basic tax to live in a country rather than income tax because they can't track everything that's going on at that stage? More and more people are just moving to places like Malta or the Portugal's Hong Kong's, maybe not Hong Kong so much now, but you know what I mean, where there's just friendlier tax havens. And these days as a digital nomad, everything's going down this path of technology and software and online businesses, entrepreneurs. So why would someone continue to live in Australia and pay these high tax rates and individual tax rates and be subjected to all these different rules and you know, losing their freedoms when they can move to just about anywhere and live comfortably, particularly if you've made money in crypto, you get so much bang for your buck in all these other developing nations. You can go there and be super wealthy. So I think that's a really tough prospect that governments are facing. And we've actually seen it in a lot of these countries. You guys probably see the statistics where wealthy people and CEOs and whatnot, they're kind of getting out while the going's good and moving to these other places. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I remember uh, back in 2017, everybody was talking about moving to Puerto Rico for the Act 2022 deal where you could you know, basically not have any capital gains and you could start businesses for you know, 1% or 2% income tax and all sorts of stuff like that. But then everybody was like, oh, wait, no, the market crashed. I'm going to stay here and write off capital losses for the next year. 
<laughs> so it's pretty crazy. But um, you know, kind of t- kind of taking um a look towards the future here we we to uh to kind of close us out. You know, what trends do you see unfolding in the crypto markets kind of in the near term in 2020? Um you know, kind of aside, I think we already touched on DeFi quite a bit, like in, aside from, you know, more DeFi projects and more DeFi uh, or Ethereum locked up in DeFi. Are there any trends that you're kind of hearing that will be unfolding? Yeah, I mean, just quickly, I don't want to go over DeFi again, but I think if we go down that path of negative interest rates, once we have more and more of these friendly apps where people can earn that interest, and it's probably not going to stay at 10% annually because more people will be doing it. But if it's really easy for someone to download an app, whether that's you know the Celsius or the BlockFi or the decentralized ones, which I prefer, I think that's just an absolutely massive driver once the average person can park their money in their own smartphone app and earn interest and they don't even know that there's crypto behind that. Um, on top of that, I mentioned insurance. I think that's big. Supply chains, uh, that's always been one that I've been bullish on and we're starting to see that now. I'm interviewing VeChain soon and um, Penfolds, which is one of Australia's largest wine companies, are now um, using some of that VeChain technology. So I just think anything that opens up global commerce, um, Africa, India, these are the places where they don't have phone lines but they've got smartphones. They don't have banks but they're about to have a bank account on their mobile phone and if you're a blogger in Iran or if you're in one of these developing nations, if you've got a good idea, if you want to work for someone um, for 2 to $5 an hour, do a job that we're having to pay other people 10 or $20 an hour for in the West, this is just really going to open up all this, this task economy um, and that's the sort of things that really excite me. Yeah, I think that's a great insight. Um, I know there's a couple companies in crypto that are trying to bring uh, UK bank accounts on mobile phones to people in Africa. Should be really interesting to see that progress over the next couple of years. But there's a, a few other questions that we want to ask you still. And these are questions that we ask everyone because it's so interesting to hear the different answers all the time. Uh, what is one person that you really admire in the crypto space? You've seen so many come and go. Who really sticks out to you above all? This is one of the things that actually really disappoints me about crypto is that there's not that many. Um, I think Andreas, I had him on the other day and he's just brilliant and he tries to stay unbiased and writing a book about Ethereum when everyone thought he was a maximalist or the Bitcoin guys did at least. Uh, You know, that took a a lot of guts. So yeah, he's probably the person that I'd say if you don't follow anyone or you're just getting into it, definitely follow him. But I don't know if you guys agree, but I just think it's so disappointing. We see people like Richard Hart, who used to promote Bitcoin, doing the, the hex thing. You know, Roger Ver's gone down his own path and you know he's allowed to do that. I encourage free markets and experimentation. But all this infighting and toxicity and all these people that should be leaders in the space, it's one thing that really disappoints me that we don't have that many people to look up to. I would agree with you, but I would also say that there's a new influx of people and they're not crypto OGs that have become jaded by all these different things and now just kind of clutch to what they know with like their life depends on it. But there are people that are ex-Goldman Sachs, that are ex-NASA, that are you know former associate deans at Columbia University and Stanford grads and things like that that are getting into the space that have a whole fresh perspective on what crypto and blockchain can do for the world. 
and uh, a different code of ethics as well that uh, I think we're going to see some new heroes emerge. I really do. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope that's not under a false pretense where those people are, are trying to lead everyone down the path of, um, you know, these cash settled products and Bitcoin's good if it's on Wall Street and, and down that path. I hope it does stay the, the libertarian route. Yeah, it's going to be a mixed bag. You know, we see some things that are both. Um, you know, one name that comes to mind is Ed Felton from Off-Chain Labs. It's a name you've probably never heard of from a company you've probably never heard of. This guy was the former CTO of the White House, could literally work for anyone he wants to in the world, and he wants to work in crypto and blockchain. And then there's a guy named Tyler Spaulding, who's ex-NASA, has more patents than I have friends, and he's now building a payment rail system that bypasses banks so retailers can accept crypto really easily. So there are definitely some heroes left on our side that uh, the light just hasn't shined in the sky yet, but it's coming. Yeah, oh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I definitely think the next market cycle can still be the biggest yet, but uh, yeah, it's just tough times at the moment. 100% agree. And, and you know, another question that we like to ask people is, you know, besides any companies that you're invested in, you know, what's one company that you think is going to have the biggest impact uh, in crypto in, you know, say the next one or two years? Oh, um, no one sticks out at the moment, to be honest. I, I still think it's the, like, it's just boring to say Bitcoin or Ethereum, but these these platforms that are open to everyone that have the network effects, that's where the biggest opportunity is. And what you've seen with the smaller projects is that they can get maybe called into Congress or, or picked on. Um, all of these projects have had a lot of issues that were the Ethereum killers and whatnot. So that uh, that lead, still that first mover advantage continues to get bigger and bigger. So I don't think there's one company. I mean, I, I don't assure Australia, but I, I love what Power Ledger are doing. It's another industry where if we had a decentralized energy grid, there's a lot of problems they still have to solve. They've got heaps of trials in India and Japan and fossil fuels, renewables. I mean, that is just a theme that's constantly in the headlines globally. And if there's a lot of companies in this um, industry as well, I shouldn't just say power ledger, but if that sort of decentralized energy grid can lead to a renewable energy boom, and even Bitcoin mining is starting to drive renewable energy technology, uh, that would just be so awesome if that could come from the crypto space, so sort of a green revolution. Yeah, definitely. And I guess the last question that we have for you today is, if this was the very first podcast someone getting into the space heard, what would you want them to know about getting involved in crypto? That uh, you need to take your time. Everyone reads about crypto and they, they want to buy that day. They think it's, the price is going to take off without them. They want to get rich. If the price isn't doing much, they'll go and search how to make money with crypto and then they'll stumble across all the scams. Uh, that is definitely something that's holding the industry back at the moment. But take your time to learn. And if Bitcoin does what we think it's going to do, it's going to continue to grow over many, many years. And uh, if you rush, chances are you'll probably muck up what you do in the first few months and you'll wish you had to take any time. Very well said. Alex, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, we're really excited to also see your presentation at the Crypto 2020 Summit. Uh, where you're going to be talking about uh, the four things to watch in 2020. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Keep up the good work. 
Our pleasure. And again, uh, where can people find you if they want to contact you with uh, more questions or information? So Nuggets News on YouTube, uh, Alex Saunders on uh, Twitter or nuggetsnews.com.au for everything we do. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Crip Nation, just a friendly neighborhood reminder to go to www.crypto2020summit.com and register for your free conference pass to the online summit, Crypto 2020 Summit. We got 60 speakers who are giving their bold predictions for prices and bold predictions for uh, technological developments in this crazy crypto space. So if you want to be the first to know the big news and you want to make sure that you're in touch and in tune, go to Crypto2020Summit.com right now and register for free. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 